0: The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. The world is going crazy. And according to our guest tonight, Daniel Holdings, it's following a biblical timeline. He's written a book called Midnight Strikes, which addresses many of the things that mankind is facing today. And boy, are we facing things. It's not going to be a religious discussion. According to Daniel, it's going to be a factual discussion for those who have the courage to face reality. From plagues to pestilence to famine to wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, tsunamis, and more. According to Daniel, time is about up for mankind and midnight is striking. That's going to be our conversation tonight. I hope it's not too depressing. I mean, all we get is bad news anymore. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I ask you to do this every night. Please do it. Go to YouTube, find JV Johnson, and subscribe. We have a great online community there. Probably close to 600 back episodes now. I'd have to look. I have to go count. And um, you can, you know, it's all free. You can watch any of the episodes, listen to any of the programs. A lot of great interviews there. Plus, our online chat room is there when we are streaming live. So it's a great way to participate in the show, become a little bit more active. I take questions from the chat room when I can. Sometimes they scroll by awfully quickly and I don't see them. So if you are asking questions in our chat room uh, and I don't get to it right away, ask again. Just keep asking. Eventually I'll see it. Maybe put it in all caps. We have some people in our chat room that like to scream at me in all caps. I tend to see those. So maybe you can try that. Also, subscribe to the podcast version of the program if you miss a live show or you. It's YouTube's a little inconvenient at, at a time. Uh, The podcast version will download right to your smart device just by subscribing. And it's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all major podcast distribution points. Just look look for Beyond Reality Paranormal, and you will find the podcast version of the show. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll bring our guest in again. Tonight, we'll be talking with Daniel Holdings, and it's about end times. Are we there? We might be. People have said that before. What makes this time different? Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash Johaw. That's J-O-H-A-W. Our guest tonight, Daniel Holdings, is an author. He's written several books, and you can find out um, more information about his work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. Books include Midnight Strikes, Three Days in the Belly of the Beast, As the Darkness Falls, and Between the Veil. Daniel, welcome to Beyond Reality. It's really great to have you here tonight.
1: J.V., thank you so much, brother. Thanks for having me and my proverbial sandwich board that says, The End Is Near. (laughs) <laughs> but I, I appreciate the uh, opportunity to have the discussion anyway.
0: Well, um, I don't know if I should be uh, encouraged or discouraged <laughs> by the fact that you say that and laugh after it. Um, let's start from the beginning, though. I want to learn a little bit more about you first. You're a former businessman. You, then you, 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 you uh, I don't know what happened in your life, but something caught your attention. You started to focus on this stuff, and you started to write. You became an author. Was there a, something specific that, that kind of changed your career path there?
1: my epiphany uh well there was really uh, uh, so I was a financial guy um uh, i uh i had a, a financial practice out of my home, and uh my my minimum client was pretty wealthy i you know I wouldn't deal with you unless you had at least a million bucks, mm-hmm. and even then it it needed to be a lot more than that, and I was comfortable in my my life and and my work I was working all the time, I was working like a dog I'm from California, and i you know my office my my family and I live there as well. Uh, and I read a book <laughs> of all things. I read this book. Now, understand, I've been a, a believer, a Christian, for I don't know thirty seven, thirty eight years, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the the book, the, the Bible, obviously changed my my life. But the book that really changed uh, my my profession, anyway, is a is a book by G. Uh, G. Edward Griffin called the creature from Jekyll Island. And I know you and your audience are pretty astute, but um, it dealt with uh, the Fed and it dealt with the economy and uh, the, the, the financial system that is in place in the world today. And because I was so embedded in that that uh that work that lifestyle i knew the numbers right i was absolutely shocked by what i read there and the funny thing jv is i knew that it was absolutely true it was all true because i had been questioning the very same things that he brought out in the book so i you know i came to this conclusion that uh i i probably didn't need to be in in that that business anymore and it was um it was kind of sealed (laughs) for me anyway, I was uh, walking a client out of my office and I had just uh, uh, out the front door actually. And I was just, uh, I just finished the book. And uh, he asked me this question. He said, well, you know, what are we going to do if this, this, and this happens? And I, you know, it's one of those, (laughs) it's one of those times when you, you think, did I say that out loud? (laughs) I said, I, you know, it, it, it probably's not going to matter because it's all going to crash anyway. He said, what? <laughs> I, uh, I caught myself and I said, Oh, don't worry. We'll, we'll go into bonds or we'll do something conservative or whatever the case may be. <laughs> so, uh, so I thought, you know what? Uh, I, I needed to change what I was doing. And, and through the course of that and, you know, some, some other issues in my life, I, I thought yeah, it's time to get out of the rat race and, there had been a lot of things that I had been thinking about and uh, studying and researching beyond what I did for a living, and I began to write about those things. Now, at least your audience thinks this is a religious discussion, and, and I promise I try not to make it a religious discussion, because uh, people have this idea about the Bible, and they have this idea about Christians, and I, I don't want to be just that average religious guy. I want yeah. I want to stimulate thought. Uh, and, and you have to talk people's language in order to stimulate thought. So the first book that I ever wrote about had nothing like if they didn't have anything to do with the Bible, but Three Days in the Belly of the Beast is about the Large Hadron Collider. It's about physics. It's about, uh, all kinds of crazy extra dimensional stuff. Uh, it, you know, it's about that kind of thing. And this is why. You know, it's great to be on your show, because Beyond Reality is really the kind of things that I, I talk about and I focus on.
0: You write both uh, fiction and nonfiction. Uh, I listed, uh, I think, what, four books when I made the introduction. Kind of separate them for us. What's fiction? What's nonfiction?
1: Well, you know, interestingly enough, the, the I have a, a novel series. Uh, those three first books are... Uh, uh, they're thriller. They're techno thrillers, if okay. you will. And yes, they are Christian based. That's my worldview, and that's kind of where I come from. But they, they're science based, and they're they're based on technology. They're based on all kinds of crazy stuff. And so, what I do in those books, these things that I have been talking about and thinking about for so many years, I've woven these things in those storylines. And to make it interesting, it's fast-paced, and, and people, you know, really uh, gravitate toward those things. Now, my, my latest venture, uh, which is Midnight Strikes, is, um, let, let me let me just say that I took a hiatus uh, after my third book, and I started ghostwriting. So you, you may well have read some of what I've written, but oh, I wow. can't talk about it. Sure. <laughs> so uh, I, I was ghostwriting for a while, and... And uh, Steve Quayle is a friend of mine. Has Steve ever been on the show before, Jv?
0: I was trying to remember when I was, uh, you know, preparing for tonight, and I, I, the name came up. It sounds very familiar. I didn't have a chance to ask my producer to go back and look. It's possible, but I just don't remember.
1: Right. Well, Steve Quayle is a friend of mine, and uh, I've known him for probably ten years or something. And he got done writing his uh, his 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 uh, last book, he calls it his last book. He said that, you know, he wasn't led to write another. He also does films and stuff like that. So, uh, he said he wasn't going to write another book. And, uh, Steve is a believer. He's a Christian. And he, uh, there's a, and I have to tell this story. And again, this is one of those instances I try not to sound religious, but you know, when I talk about this, your audience may go, well, okay, here's that guy. <laughs> uh, but it's important to, to where we're going. Steve uh he he was pretty wild and he got saved back in uh seventy two or seventy four, something like that. He was he's from Montana and he was going to the University of um uh Missoula, I think it was, uh MSU. And uh he had at a Hal Lenzi meeting as a matter of fact. Hal Lindsey's the guy that did the late Great Planet Earth. So Anyway, he got he, he found the Lord at that meeting and he went home that night and he walks into his bedroom at his mom's house and the Lord, Jesus, this is one of those religious things, right, was actually standing in front of him. This wasn't a dream. It wasn't a vision. At his house? At home? At home. Wow. Right. In his bedroom. <laughs> so, so what did he do? He fell down and... Uh, The Lord and he began to, the Lord picked him up and he began to to have this conversation with him. And he begins to tell Steve all these things that he was going to do with him. Uh, and so at the tail end of that conversation, the Lord showed him, and this is where the book comes in, the Lord showed him a panoramic of mankind's future. And this is really important because those things, there are 38 things that the Lord told him. And the Lord told him. He said, "You're going to forget about a lot of these things, but I'm going to remind you about them before they, just before they begin to happen." Now, this is why I had to tell this story. So, I'm having this conversation with Steve uh, on the phone, and and he says, "I'm not writing another book, Daniel." He said, uh, "You know, I'm I, I'm I'm done. I'm not led to write another book." And, and so, but he's also telling me about these things that he's remembering that the Lord showed him, but 35, 40 years ago or something like that. So I said, Steve, you gotta put that in a book. He's got like 20 some odd books or some 25 books. I don't know, something like that. He's written for a long time. He's been on radio for a long time. You know, he does movies and, and documentaries, that kind of thing. So he, he's, he's, he's been around for a long time. Uh, and he, he said well i i can't write another book i said i wasn't going to write another book and you know i i just don't feel like i should be and i said i'm going to tell you what that stuff that you saw is so important let me write the book and and uh, you know it'll be a conversation and uh, you know i'll fill the book with other important stuff that is about to happen as well and then uh, you know that'll give the audience something to to really pick up on and to 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 show them what's coming and he agreed to do that with me. Now, so that is what Midnight Strikes is. It's based upon those 38 things that he saw, uh, about the, the future. And, you know, I, I it, you asked me, you said something about my laughing after I, I talked about the sandwich board, uh, comment. And, uh, you know, JV, it, it, this stuff is, is dead serious. I mean, it is dead serious. Of course serious. it is, yeah. And if I didn't laugh, I would cry. Because it's that serious. Now, you all, uh, you know, you try to keep things light. You try to keep things uh, upbeat. And I think you can face reality because that is exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about reality. You can face the, the sure reality of a future and not be all down in the mouth about it. Because these things, the fact is, these things are happening. We have a choice with coronavirus as an example. We can we can look at the coronavirus and we can be scared to death. We can be fretful, we we can be climbing the wall the walls about over having to be quarantined. We can be, you know, worried about whether or not we're gonna catch it, we can be worried about our loved ones, or we can choose to look at the, the facts on the ground and to be at, at peace in the middle of that. Now Granted, again, is another super spiritual comment on my part, but if you have the Lord, it makes it a whole lot easier to to rest in that peace. But the point is that these things are happening, and, and denying them or not, uh, not looking at them or turning a blind eye or trying to change the narrative for the sake of your own feelings, that doesn't change the facts on the ground the facts are the facts. And so Midnight strikes more than just Steve's story, more more than just these things that he saw. I fill that book with all of this crazy stuff that is happening on planet Earth right now. So a lot of that stuff is in the Bible, but much of it, you know, back, you know, 2000 years when Jesus walked the earth he had no idea that there would be artificial intelligence. Well, maybe he did, but you know how would he? How would you describe artificial intelligence to the twelve disciples? I mean, you couldn't do that. Right. Uh, you, you you couldn't talk about the the Chinese social credit system because there was no China. Well, there probably wasn't China back then, but there wasn't an established you know government like there is now. So, all of these things that are in this book, they do tie to the Bible, but. I go way beyond this and begin to talk about how they are being implemented in our time. And and that is really the mind-blowing stuff. When we begin to see this this uh, uh what, what am I trying to say this this um m- m- what do you call it a, a tapestry of uh all of these events, all of these uh technologies, all of these uh strategies being put into place Right underneath our noses, and people aren't catching it because they're caught up in their own lives. It's stunning to me. So more than anything, Midnight Strikes is a warning to 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 your audience and to anybody else that's willing to read it uh, about those things that are coming to the planet Earth. And and just to. Um, just to 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 help you all because i know that you have a a big audience and they're dedicated i wanted to to do something for your audience i wanted to give them a a 10% discount on the book if they purchase the book and they get to the uh the area where you put a coupon code in they'll get 10% off of the book so that they can uh, that'll help fully, uh, hopefully help them to to pick up a copy and see what's coming but it it's that that story is so important for the time that we're coming into right now
0: that's generous of you what was the coupon code
1: the coupon code is just brr for beyond reality radio it's just brr
0: that's and that's a temper and that's just on your website right daniel
1: right right you go to my website you click on uh the book to, to go to the page to buy the book and when you go to the cart you plug in capital brr and You'll get 10% off.
0: That's great. I want to back you up just a little bit, though, because you mentioned it a couple times, and I know it's also on your website. You say that you um, talk about topics, you speak about topics through a, quote, biblical worldview. What does that mean?
1: Well, so I, I like technology, right? And mm-hmm. I, I like science. And and I, I'm a logical thinker. I like using my brain, right? Right. I, I I try not to follow blindly uh, <laughs> around the, uh, things. So, so but I, but I also uh, I know the, the Bible pretty well, and uh, what I do is I take these topics and I compare them in my own personal life to the to the Word. I compare them to the Bible, right? So, let me give you an example. Uh, Jesus said that. At, at, in the end times, that men's hearts will fail for fear at those things that are coming upon the earth, right? So meaning that they're going to be scared to death. So what kind of things would scare people to death just by seeing them? So as I began to delve into some of these issues later on in, in, the, in the book, uh, the things that people see, the things that they experience – what I found was that those words that Jesus uttered, that men's hearts would fail for fear, are are absolutely accurate. Because some of the things that Steve saw as an example, uh, and some of the things that are coming now, uh, they they absolutely align with the Bible. And I find that happens all the time in my life. What I if I'm going through the the news or I'm doing some research, uh I'll see I'll read an article or see something and uh, a verse will pop in my head and I will go, Okay, I get it. You know, that's because look again, what how could they talk about such things two thousand years ago for uh when, when Jesus was walk in the earth? But but longer than that well as an example when uh you know Moses was around forty five hundred years ago. So how could they talk about the things that we're seeing in our own uh, 3d world back then how could john the revelator that he wrote uh, revelation how could he describe what he saw to a modern audience and when you when you look at the things that john saw in the book of revelations they're mind-blowing because we now have technologies that can actually uh provide many of those fill in should i say many of those uh uh, dotted lines that, yeah. that John talked about in the Book of Revelation.
0: Yeah, let's um, let's talk about biblical <clears throat> prophecy a little bit. And and you you say you you look at the world around us, and a lot of people do, and not only see things that cause them a great deal of fear, but uh, they see a lot of angst. I think there's a lot of uh, what would I guess I would consider innate um, emotional angst that people sense and fear, and maybe they don't even understand why. So what's what's unfolding around us that would be um, true to what we would consider to be biblical prophecy?
1: Well, okay. So let's let's take the news at hand. I know you probably beat this subject to death, but it's really important. So uh, let's take the coronavirus as, as an example. Okay. Uh, the coronavirus, according to Steve, because the book was coming out just when the, the coronavirus broke. And so one of the things that, that Steve saw, excuse me, <clears throat> one of the things that Steve saw is he said that uh the word shown that biological weapons would be released on the populations of the earth and the depths of the uh or the deaths I should say would eclipse the damage done by nuclear war. So he saw that. And and you know, putting it in, in writing and talking about it over years as he has, uh that would be prophecy, if you will
0: can I just I just want, I just want to interrupt you for a second because I think you made a really interesting point here um, let's let 's just speculate for a moment, and this really doesn 't have to do directly with our conversation but it has something to do with what you just said let 's speculate for a second let 's say uh, that China, which is a political adversary despite the fact our economies are so currently intertwined um, let 's say China wanted to do a great deal of damage to the United States. And they wanted to do it in a way that wasn't pushing a button to launch missiles. I can think of no better way to do it than the way that is unfolding in front of us right now. Again, I'm not mm-hmm. suggesting that's what happened. I'm just saying that, wow, if there was a plan to to cripple the United States, um, we this would have been a good one. This would have been one that worked. I mean, we are right now shoveling... Uh, dump truck loads of money out of the treasury money that we don't have in order to prevent a complete collapse of our economy because of a virus hmm. this is this is an un, unbelievably um, poignant moment in history so it kind of it kind of t- attaches to the point you just made dan but um wow we're it is an unbelievable thing that's happening in front of us
1: well you you are. Were- so astute and it is why you do what you do and are successful at what you do because um one of the things about steve quill he's been doing this a long time he has a lot of contacts in in uh you know uh, deep black areas that kind of thing uh, a lot of people reach out to him uh because of who he is and and so he, he knows a lot of people And I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, But one of the things that one of his contacts said, and I saw it for myself, was that the coronavirus is actually, this is not Daniel speaking, this is Steve Quayle in the book. He said that the coronavirus is a bioweapon that actually leaked out of the Wuhan Bioweapons lab.
0: Now wait a second, Dan. Did you say that Steve Quayle said this, or someone that he was talking to said this?
1: One one of his contacts, one of his deep contacts, had had said that, okay. and I actually saw the message to this. Okay. So uh, it is designed to uh, attach to the body and and mutate. So let, let me let me just go down this road with you for just a second. Just today, an article came out that said that uh, Iceland scientists have, have found 40 mutations uh, with the coronavirus. So think about that for a second, J.V., 40 mutations. Is there a, an inoculation or a vaccine that someone can get for a, a virus that mutates 40 different times? No. There's not? No. The other thing that they said today, it's interesting because it's new, there's, there's new news coming out every day about this thing that verifies exactly what Steve's contact said. So one of the other things that they said today was that it could be reoccurring, that it could be seasonal yeah. even, yeah. that, um, That uh, it it would not only last, this first bout would not only last for a long time, that there would be reinfections after that, as there is all the time, uh, but then it could come back again next year, something different. You can't vaccinate against something like that. That's right. So, uh, to Steve's point or his contact's point, it certainly appears to be acting as a bioweapon. So, what's, why would, why would trying to do this well the story is anyway according to the source that uh, that it was an accident right there are other people and i, I you know i can't run these things down so i'm not going to speculate with them but there are other people that have said that that uh it was intentional so my question to them is why look i you know i'm a realist right why would china do that to their own people wuhan in that area that province is known as the, one of the most rebellious areas in China. And so what what the source said is is it was a way to actually um tampen their 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 instability in this area. At the same time, uh China has been facing some severe food shortages. China has a lot of people yeah. and hungry people get angry. Yep. Angry people overthrow governments, right? That's right. So, what what they were wanting to do, according to the source, is to cull the their population. The fact that it escaped to the rest of the world is an added bonus. Because if the Chinese are nothing more, they are very efficient, right? <laughs> they, are, they, and are, they are and ruthless and ruthless efficient
0: and ruthless
1: and and they are absolutely ruthless. They have. They have no problem with taking out a part of their, uh, um, their population. Uh, uh, their, their previous r- rulers have done this. Uh, there's, and I, I forget the names escape me. They all sound the same to me. I'm sorry. That sounds racist, <laughs> but they do. Uh, for the last, uh, three rulers before the current era of leadership, uh, I think there's a total of at least 50 million people that were killed between the three of them. So they are ruthless, and they have no problem taking out their own people now, to your point though, and this is where you are so astute in these matters uh, this this because they have managed to come through it they, they are they are they're facing you know a reoccurrence of it they 're trying to rebuild because everything that we are beginning to experience now with our economy they 've already went through. Uh, and they have, uh, you know, a huge economy. I mean, they're bigger producers than we are. So uh, they are trying to get back on that manufacturing um, wheel. And the problem is that they put some of their people back too soon, so people are getting re- reinfected again. Yeah, that's right. uh, so they might have to pull that back a little bit before they can actually fully recover, at least this round. But the, the the point is... That when they begin to finally fully recover, and you know the Chinese have thought this far in, the, in advance, when they begin to finally recover, the rest of the world is sick and weak, my friend, yeah, and it leaves us right for the pickings. I just read today that there's a navy ship, the whole ship is quarantined, you can't get off and and they can't they can't do anything because they're they're quarantined, they're all sick, so uh. Uh, your your observation, I think, is uh, exactly on the money, and that is actually boasted by uh, the uh, the sources that, that well, Steve has. Let me add. And let me add. Heard let
0: well. me add one more thing before we'll kind of take this off of China and continue um, talking about these uh, uh, prophecies and how we may see be seeing them unfold in front of us. Um, I heard a statistic, and I hate doing this because I don't remember the source. But I heard a statistic statistic where they were quoting the number of deaths that China has reported from this virus of their own population.
1: Like eighteen thousand or Some, something. something like it, that.
0: It, However,
1: yeah.
0: in, in you know, there are backdoor ways to get information and start to see if this is true or not. And one of those ways was uh, this source was looking at the number of Chinese telephone numbers, landlines, and cell phone lines that have been canceled. Um, since this virus started and it was in the millions. So
1: it was it was twenty one million. You heard this then. Yes, I absolutely heard this. Now here's the thing that your audience needs to understand. In China, everybody has to have a cell phone. Why? Yeah, that sounds that sounds unreasonable. No, because they use the cell phone I'm looking for my notes here because I actually wrote it down. They use the cell phone and they have to transmit this health code to the government to tell them that they're sick or they're not sick. Uh, so everybody has to report. They use the cell phone because of the social credit system to track people. So it's mandatory for them to have a cell phone. For 21 million people to disappear, this cell phone accounts to be closed. But it's not only that. They have 800, almost 900,000 uh, hard lines that went away as well. Yeah. So... For that many people to all of a sudden stop using cell phones, just disappear. I, I think I think that source is right on. Yeah. I, I think I think that's what happened.
0: Yeah. So there's something else going on there on there that yeah, we are there. clearly not uh, getting the full story. But regardless, so here we are. We are watching this unfold in front of us here in the United States, which um, is arguable, arguably the most prepared place to handle something like this, and we're struggling with it. So. How does this fit into biblical prophecy, and what else are we seeing that does uh, that, too?
1: Well, let me digress for just a second, because I I, I think we're probably the least prepared for it. Okay. And the reason I say that is because we're free, right? It's it's easy for the Chinese to uh, monitor their people because they're totalitarian, they're authoritarian. I can't talk tonight. <laughs> you know, they they will put their thumb down, and, sure. and you will have to do what they tell you to do. They have, they they check temperatures as you walk into buildings. You know, they monitor where you go with your cell phones. They, uh, you know, they they check your diet. They talk to your neighbors. They, I mean, they are very intrusive in their lifestyle. We, you know, you, you tell me that I have to isolate. I'm I'm like, you know, mad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not, not going to listen <laughs> to right. you. Know, I'm free. These are my rights. right? <laughs> right, right. So I I think that um, because the United States is the way that we are, uh, that we are used to freedoms, that, that maybe mentally at least we are the least prepared to deal with what has to be done. Not that I want it to be done, because I want to bring up something else here when it comes to this virus, and it's really, really important. And this is what I mean about talking about, um, the, you know, a biblical uh, paradigm, uh, but through, uh, you know, a realistic lens. Uh, so where's this fall in the Bible? See, this is the question. Where does this all fall in the Bible? It's pestilence. The Bible talks about at the end of the age, at the, in the end times, that there would be pestilence. And it is one of the horses that ride out of Revelation that uh, people would die because of pestilence, right? So we're kind of seeing that play out now. But my point is that when, when we're talking about, um, what is, what is going on, uh, in, in China in particular, and then in the United States, you have to understand what the end game is, right? Because, JV, there's an end game here, and people are not understanding what that is. Now, this is the part where, I- <laughs> I'm going to blow your your listeners' minds. Although, because you are so astute, I'm sure you've probably addressed this as as well. You've heard of the uh, Rockefeller uh, Institute, have you not? Sure have, yeah. Yeah, and have you talked about the Rockefeller Institute lately?
0: No, we haven't.
1: All right, so in 2010, the Rockefeller Institute did a scenario planning session, right? And they put out this uh, booklet. This was in May of 2010. There was one of those scenarios in that booklet called Lockstep. And what they said was that a plague or a pandemic
0: would help
1: them achieve their goal of global governance. Wow. That's, that's, uh, uh, That's it in a nutshell. But specifics that plan they said that 20% of the population would be affected infected that sounds uh, conservative i think they said that uh 8 million people would have died in this scenario nah, i think it's probably going to be more than that they said that uh that now get this that the economies of the world would be affected uh, affected uh, drastically now uh It's interesting, but Goldman Sachs is saying that our own economy will uh, contract by uh, 24%. I think they said might be 25%. Wow. 24%. That is unbelievable. That is never... You used this word at the beginning of the show. You said unprecedented. It is unprecedented what we are seeing right now. Yeah. So... Uh, but it, all of these things in this scenario that they, they, because it's like gameplay to them, like all the things in this scenario that they talked about, it's happening now, JV. They are doing it now. Now, why? So, why is there, um, wh- how, how could they know that something like this was going to happen? Are they so good at guessing? Are they so good at planning that they just made this up? And and they happen to be right on all of these points, and those are just three or four that I gave you. But there are a ton of them that they are absolutely right on about. Well, okay, so here's my conspiratorial mind for you, right? I said that I'm not your typical Christian, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm more of a conspiracy theorist, you know. Give me the the foil, the tin tin foil hats, tin foil hats, to, look, hats right? to go
0: around. That's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so. I happen, you know, and it's, people always ask me this. Danny. what are you? You're a Republican and you're a Democrat. you love, you love Trump, you know, or, or you, uh, who are you rooting for in the Democratic primary? <laughs> Excuse me. I happen to think that, that both sides of the aisle are nuts, that those are two wings of the same bird. The right wing and the left wing yep. are both playing for the same team. And when you when you listen to, you know, some of, of our founding fathers, I don't know if it was Jefferson or Madison, warned against a two-party system for this very reason, that they would both be corrupt and eventually combine into uh, one party and thus uh, control everything. But it goes beyond that, because <laughs> I know that you know that uh, JFK and John Fitzgerald Kennedy spoke about in 1962, I think it was, the um, global conspiracy that existed back then. And he said that uh, it was a, what did he call it, a monolithic um, uh, global, I forget exactly, but he said that uh, they existed in the shadows. And this was in the public. A lot of people think that this is what got him killed. But it was only him that talked about this. Right. Eisenhower talked about the, the military-industrial complex, and when you look at that, uh, those comments, they, they look very similar to to Kennedy's. And there was actually, uh, I think his name was Jasper or something like that, a senator that was uh, a contemporary of Kennedy's that was actually in the House before him and had these very sane uh, thoughts and wrote them or actually uh, talked about them in the speech as well. So I believe that there has been a... Uh, well, let me say it like this. Okay, here's where I sound like a crazy Christian, right? But you got to understand where I'm coming from. I believe that there is a uh, demonic-inspired, global, uh, authoritarian-type shadow cabal. We call them the New World Order, if you will, or you can call them the um uh, Deep State, that's the newest name from these days. Mm-hmm. But they have been okay, so here it is. They have been moving toward this trigger. They have been moving toward this black flag event. They have been chomping at the bit, waiting to kick this thing off. And now they have it. Now, why I say this is because the end goal of uh, the uh, the Rockefeller Institute's lockstep was what we are seeing right now. What is occurring because of the pandemic is they are now tracking the virus through social media. There's talk about tracking the virus on your cell phone, tracking people that are infected on your cell phone. There's talk about uh, moving away from paper currency and hard currency to digital currency. That's right. So digital currency, it's in the book, as a matter of fact, is the is what you would need to institute the mark of the beast, a biblical uh, uh, title. So all of these things are being put into place now, and the world sleeps, my friend. And, yeah. But it's worse than that. Because you know, and, and I think Christians have done it to, to ourselves. Uh, people, you know, we're in the middle also of what uh, what is officially called a post Christianity society, meaning that people are walking away from God, they're walking away from church, they're walking away from the Bible because a they think it's irrelevant, b it has no um, no no meaning to them uh because they have other views than 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 those things that are in there and the, the 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 problem is the bible also talks about this it's called the great falling away so we are in the midst of the great falling away when all of these things are happening now and what it does it puts people in uh the position to be uh, sucked in not only by the mark of the beast but by the antichrist himself, and I talk about that in in the book as well so again I, I take this 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 view uh, you know uh, maybe that uh, many of your listeners have never heard before because um, i 've been to Bible college you know i 've done my share of preaching and teaching, but I think it 's so important to talk. The language of the day. And if we don't honestly and realistically look at the things that are going on in our world through the same lens that everybody else looks at it, then how can we talk to people? So Midnight Strikes is about taking those things that are going on in our world and seeing if they fit into that biblical narrative.
0: If you're interested in the book Midnight Strikes, you can use a coupon code on his website. It's just capital B-R-R, capital B, capital R, capital R. That's right. It's all caps, Dan?
1: Right, all caps.
0: And you can use it on the on the website and save 10%. Now, I have to ask you, obviously, the title, Midnight Strikes, that's not an arbitrary title, is it?
1: Well, you know, I've had this theme on my mind for years honestly uh this inter- internal clock if you will uh all right so here's here's a, a personal t- story here that, you, that would help you to understand where i'm coming from uh so and again it sounds religious and i'm sorry but it's where i came from so uh when i first got saved uh i got saved in 1983 i was in the air force at the time and I was buck wild. I mean, I was as wild as wild as can be. I'm a child of the '60s and '70s, and I'll leave the rest to your imagination. So I got saved, and people were stunned at the difference. It wasn't like I had to try to to be good, right? The, the things that I just I used to do, I didn't do anymore, and they didn't even appeal to me anymore. And people were stunned by the the the, the difference. Uh, and it wasn't like I was a robot either. I wasn't a zombie. Uh, I was actually a a lot nicer guy, a better guy uh because i wasn't that nice before <laughs> uh so one of the things that I did is i I devoured the Bible I mean I was like in the Bible all the time, I was on my knees all the time not not praying see people have this idea about praying that they 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 say this you know this liturgy or uh they get on their knees or but, you know, the Bible talks about praying without ceasing, always praying. In other words, thinking to the Lord, talking to Him. So I, I did that all the time, and I did read a lot of different books. So I, What I found myself doing is I began to gravitate toward um, books on the end times, even way back then. So this is the part where your audience is probably going to think, I'm crazy. So... uh I, I had this ongoing conversation with the Lord all all, all throughout the day. And, and, you know, I didn't hear a, a, an audible voice. I would have this feeling or this impression or this thought that uh, this is what the Lord would say to me or said to me. So as I'm, I, I'm I'm digging into this particular book, I don't remember which one it was, but it was a book on the end times. And I by that time, you know, in the first few months of being a Christian, I would probably read everything there was published at that time. So I distinctly heard the Holy Spirit say, or the Lord say, what are you doing? <laughs> and I said, what, Lord? And and he said, uh, you need, he chastised me. He said, you need to get in the word. You need to get in my word and build a firm foundation. And then when the time is right, I will bring you back to these things. So, you know uh over the course, I've been walking with him now for thirty five years or something like that, longer than that thirty seven years or something and uh i have I have pretty much did what he told me to do i i I am continually in the word, but i don't I don't dwell on the end time stuff and it was about ten years ago when I had this epiphany with the financial ring that because one of the things I, I understood is that things were going to change in the financial arena, and that would bring on this end-of-the-age scenario. So uh, I, I began to research in-depth those things again, and many of the things that I had learned over the years, not even trying, uh came back to my mind. And, you know, those books, those, those uh, novels that I wrote really do include a lot of that end-times thinking there. So, but the, the, the point that I'm trying to make is that, that you know, when, when the Lord told me that He would bring me back to these things when the time was right, you asked me what the significance of midnight strikes was. You think of midnight, mm-hmm. time is up. There's, right. there's, you know, verses in the Bible that talks about the ten virgins. They, they, there was an issue about midnight for them. <clears throat> uh, there's... Uh, you know when uh, Jesus tells a story about uh, at midnight when somebody tries to come to your house, right? Uh, so, so this this idea about midnight is like the uh, the clock hitting and, and and time is up. And really, JV, that's where we're at right now. And the the problem is people don't understand this. And you want to get you know they're Bible teachers that uh, it drives me crazy. You know they'll whip yeah. out their calendars and they'll whip out their. Uh, charts and, you know, they have their Bible verses all lined up and, uh, you know, they'll say, well, this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is going to happen. What I have found over the years and through my own research is that, and, and actually based upon with the facts on the ground, things aren't exactly playing out like everybody thought they were, but it is indeed the end times midnight has in fact
0: struck we talked about the coronavirus and you know as in as in plague and uh, there's other things too that you can point to uh that provide evidence that what you say is true um you mentioned earthquakes, you mentioned um, pestilence. Talk a little bit about some of those other things. Because, you know, these things come and go in the headlines. And when then, then you have a, a major pandemic like the coronavirus and you start to forget. I mean, there was a major earthquake off of, where was it? Um, off of a Russian, off the Russian coast yeah,
1: last night yeah. or two nights uh, ago. It was a 7 point, this is what's crazy, 7.8 yeah. and they scrubbed it. They took it off the website. Yeah, it's it's uh, as though it
0: didn't happen. And although there were tsunami warnings issued for Hawaii, I, and we barely heard about it.
1: Well, this is a, and this is a really good point. I'll, I'll get to that in just one second. But there are other things, anecdotal things that you look that are uh, in ish if you will that are that are apocalyptic that are in the news that people just don't pay attention to. For instance, you know, there's this huge infestation of locusts. That are running right. rampant across the Europe, and uh, you know, yeah. you look at the Middle East. They've eaten well a lot of that's desert, but they've eaten a lot of their food as well. Uh, it went from there into Africa, and they uh, those the swarm of locusts they ate all the 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 Africans' food. Uh, it went from there to India, and it it decimated their food supply. India is the next populated uh, country on Earth aside from China. Uh, so you know what are they going to do? And then right. from there it went to China and it, it ate a good bunch of uh, their their um, crops as well. The funny thing is the Chinese again they're always thinking. Uh, they had they had a fleet of ducks ready to uh, tangle with the the because uh, I guess ducks <laughs> eat locusts. So wow. they had a bunch of ducks that were ready to take on the locusts. Now in addition to that, uh, there there was a report just uh, yesterday that uh, a river in Canada turned to blood, right? And there was a report uh, a couple of months ago that part of the Caspian Sea uh, in in Kazakhstan actually turned to blood as well. It didn't turn to actual blood. It's probably, you know, red algae or whatever the case may right. be. But when, when you look at these kind of events, the world, you know, doesn't pay attention. It's just another hiccup. Unless you begin to connect the dots, it's like, You know, whatever. So, when when you talk about earthquakes, and this is a big one because Jesus Himself said that there would be earthquakes in diverse places. So, I did a word study on on what He was talking about. It means unexpected places. It means places that you just don't normally think of. You know, for earthquakes. And sure enough, we've seen some very strange uh, earthquakes in uh, Oklahoma, as an example. There's not a known fault in Oklahoma and they're having earthquake swarms there. Uh there was uh there've been a couple earthquakes in the Car- Caribbean and that, they're not normally known for earthquakes. Uh now you did mention the uh, the earthquake that happened yesterday uh off of uh, Russia, the Russian uh east coast it would be. Uh they are actually on the ring of fire. Now, this is this is very substantial um information because the ring of fire and people again aren't paying attention is is alive i mean it is coming alive um the the um i am just going to tell you the, the one of the only visions that i ever had it was one of these visions where you fall down like you're dead i mean i i saw this uh I saw a uh, an earthquake, actually it was a volcano that went off that triggered the Ring of Fire and it generated a huge tsunami and it wiped out um, a bunch of the uh, the west coast. I actually put that in uh, one of my books as part of the storyline. Here's the point though, in real life, the Ring of Fire it poses a huge danger to mankind. There is, uh, this is also one of the books as well, something called the Cascadia Subduction Zone that is in, off the coast of, uh, the, uh, the coast of Washington and Canada, uh, Oregon, Washington and Canada. And, uh, the Cascadia Subduction Zone is determined to be way overdue for a major earthquake. Now, we're not talking a little earthquake either. We're not talking even a 7.5 that you saw in Russia yesterday. We are talking along the magnitude of a 10 or 10.5. Oh, wow. That would wash away yeah. uh, everything on the west side of the I 5 in California. The I 5 runs all the way up through California, through Oregon and Washington. It's, it's kind of a dividing line. It's not far from the coast, but it would wash away everything. It would generate a tsunami that is unbelievable. And many uh, geologists now think that uh, if that were to occur, that it would actually, and I didn't know this at the time when I wrote the book, but it would actually trigger the San Andreas Fault and all the associated faults after that. That is the world that we live in. That is the danger that we're talking about. At the same time, Puerto Rico, they are afraid that Puerto Rico, it's kind of calmed down a little bit now, but a couple of months ago, they were afraid that Puerto Rico would actually split in half and far, part of it fall into the sea. And it's an island. So, you know, people talk about California falling into the ocean, but Puerto Rico is only an island. The the uh there's a trench the puerto Rican trench is right there the The earthquakes in that area were so significant and so damaging that they had uh, the whole world freaking out over it. at least the people in science that understood it. Uh, so there are earthquakes that are ramping up all over the world uh and and it's mind boggling that you just don't hear about these things. you know people talk about because it affects us, I suppose. You know, people talk about the coronavirus, but you know, there's a pretty significant earthquake uh, yesterday in Russia. Nobody, you know, even looks at it. You know, yeah, you always have right. earthquakes. Yeah, not like this. Yeah, the um, if you look at the. Well, just, I just ahead, ahead. I just
0: want to ask a, a quick question here because it's scrolled through our chat room a couple times as well, and I've been wondering it myself. Um, there have been other periods in in history, recent history maybe World War II was one of them and Hitler was you know was speculated to be the Antichrist at one point um, but there have been other points in history where people have tried to relate biblical prophecy to what they were seeing unfold in front of them. Obviously those things weren't necessarily true. What makes this different in your mind Dan?
1: you know that's a great question it's a great question and people ask this all the time of me and it's it's really important to to address this. I would tell I would tell whoever is is thinking along these lines that that is va- that is a valid point because they they thought Hitler was the antichrist, they thought Mussolini was the antichrist, but but j. v. never before in modern history in ancient history either, have we seen the accumulation of events across the board that would lead me to believe that this is that time. And that is what Midnight Strikes is about. For for individuals that are wondering, hey, you know, it's just only one thing. It's just a pandemic, right? We've never had a pandemic like this, but it's only a pandemic. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears> or <throat> it's only an earthquake. If you open up Midnight Strikes and intellectually, if you're intellectually honest enough to, to go through it, and again, it's, it's not much different from the way that I talk. It's not. It's not filled with biblical ease or anything but if you look at each and every point in there there are, there are 15 chapters in Midnight Strikes and all of them deal with things that are happening right now for for instance okay so what what do i mean about the totality of of events that are unfolding before us well as an example excuse me one second i'm sorry guys <laughs> Want, I gonna, no, I don't have the coronavirus. You know, do, you want to take, do you want to take a quick
0: break so you can grab something to to uh, drink or something? All right, to...
1: oh, I have some water. I just got to okay. take it. <laughs> Um. So So one of the things that is happening in this generation that has never been able to happen before is, and I mentioned it previously, is the Chinese social credit system. Now, for those that are uneducated about this, uh, then then you would be astonished to find out that the Chinese have a means to track everybody in their country. They can scan your fa they can scan the population in one second. You heard me right one second wow. they can pull you out of a crowd from a satellite. They, they can figure out what you're doing. They, they, they know what door you're using in your house. They know what route you take to work. They know what you buy at the store. They know what you have in the bank. They know what you think of the, of the, uh, the, the, the uh, party. They know everything about you. And that is put into this huge database with AI. It's run by artificial intelligence. Never before. Have we had that capability? And the interesting thing is, JV, that much of that technology was developed by American companies. Yes. And they took those those that technology to China to test it out. But one of the things that Steve Quayle saw, in fact it's the first thing in the book that he saw, is that the social, the Chinese social credit system is coming here to the United States. And so what I do is is I I I I, I you know, I'm skeptical too. I'm like, what? That, that's crazy. So I began to research all of the technologies that are now in place or about to be put into place that will bring that kind of apparatus, that, that spying apparatus to us in the United States. And it, it's mind-boggling to see how it falls into place. So that's just one example of how the the technology in the time that we we live in has actually brought in this era where where you you can actually see that the end of the age or the end times is actually happening happening it's playing out before our eyes because of all of these and that's just technology there you know we talked about earthquakes there there's all kinds of other crazy here's here's another crazy thing so one of the things uh that the bible talks about is that in the last days. That people will begin to uh, lose their minds, right? That they'll—and I'm just paraphrasing for you—but they'll they'll begin to uh, uh, to be uh, to think strangely, right? So <laughs> it, it's come out. This is one example, and I, I, I this is in the the, uh, the chapter called Rage and, and Madness. But it's an interesting tidbit out of that chapter that I think your audience would appreciate. <clears throat> Did you know? And I'm sure you do because it's beyond reality. But that everybody on the earth operates uh with a frequency. We have a, a body clock, if you will. Uh we have a clock in our brain that, that operates. Now that frequency has been the same for thousands and thousands of years. But interest and it's uh seven point eight three. In fact, that frequency permeates everything that we do. It it's actually in the atmosphere, right our our magnetosphere actually operates on the same frequency. The earth operates on the same frequency. But interestingly, in 2012, uh 2014, excuse me, they actually found that the frequency had changed. That it went from 7.85, excuse me, 7.83 to 8.5. And it's jumped up as much as uh, it was actually oscillating between 8.5 and 16.5 uh, hertz. It even went as far as 30 hertz. So so why am I bringing this up? Because when, you're, when your body clock changes and the clock in your brain changes, when the frequency in your brain changes, it makes people crazy. So here's an example of how what the Bible talked about, It's actually coming true in our age. So the point is that, again, never before has there been all of these events, all these issues, all these technologies that are falling into place right now. So this is why I I, I can say, you know, pretty confidently that we are in the end times. This is not, you know, we're about to enter. No, we, we are in the end times. However long that takes. Yeah, I was just going to.
0: I was just going to ask. When we say end times, are we talking weeks, years, months, generations? Uh, how long does this take to play out?
1: Well, it's certainly not. It's certainly not weeks. Certainly not months. It's probably not years, right? It's probably. Uh, I, and I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say it's, it's this uh, this amount, but yeah. this is really important because things. And again, I mean, I can't tell you the story without you reading the rest of the book because you won't get it, right? At the end of the book, uh, I talk about an event, a scientific event that uh, it will occur, and it is absolutely biblical. And because of that, what what I can say to you is that... Uh, uh I don't know exactly when the end comes, but I'm I'm gonna tell you that it it's it's gonna get very uncomfortable in the relatively near future. Mm-hmm. Not not months, uh more than a couple of years mm-hmm. but these things are playing out according to the way that the Bible said that they would play out. And so my job, at least the job that I've been, you know, given is is to to show people how it is uh, these these events are playing out according to the Bible. And when you read Midnight Strikes you sit back and you go, are you kidding me? I thought this guy was crazy, but here the <laughs> fact Midnight Strikes has over 500 footnotes, 500 pieces of evidence for the things that are in the book. That's unbelievable. I mean, uh, you know, when when you read, you know, an average End times book. It, it doesn't back up much of what they say. They have stuff from the Bible, but it didn't talk about regular life. So you're looking at facts, and you're free to to delve into to all of those. And you know, as I said, I'm I'm uh, uh, I'm apolitical, uh, and uh, I make a case in that in that book for how we've been set up. Uh, so uh, Midnight Strikes is probably the furthest thing that you're going to get from. A Bible lesson, but it's probably the closest thing that you can read these days to uh, what the Bible really says, if that makes sense.
0: It does make sense. Now, um, I have to ask you, and this kind of takes our conversation back a little bit, but based on everything that you've just revealed to us and connected the dots you've connected for us, I want to know a little bit more about Steve Quayle. Why did he walk into his house and have Jesus standing in front of him, delivering him these many of these messages and these clarifications? Why Steve? Do we have any idea?
1: You know, uh, Steve, Steve would probably ask the same question, <laughs> and, and I'm sure has. Why me, Lord? And that's not the only time you've seen him. Uh, you, you know, like a good investigative reporter, I, you know I, I, I listen really hard, and I've known Steve for a number of years. And every time I hear him tell that story, it's the same way. It's not he's not making this up. He saw him. And there are other times that he saw the Lord, uh, two or three other times that he stood before him. Um, and at one time he screwed up. And, and, you know, the Lord, he appeared before the Lord, and, and the Lord appeared before him and called him on the carpet. Uh, and he, he talks about that openly. Uh, so uh, Steve would say, why me? You know, I'm just a guy. And he would say that he's just a guy. Uh he says that he has more issues than national geographic <laughs> so so he's got he's got plenty of baggage like everybody else but Steve you know Steve is a unique character i mean um he he's been on radio for this way I'm surprised uh, that he's he's not more well known to your, audience, but he's been on radio for probably twenty five or thirty years or something like that. Wow. He was one of the first uh preppers that were out there. Uh, he's, he's been an alternative media for a number of years. Uh, and, and, you know, he, he talks about stuff that, that people just, you know, Christians in general, just don't normally talk about the things that, that he talks about, uh, uh, he, he always gets around to applying them to the Bible, but, uh, you know, he was one of the first guys on radio to talk about chemtrails as an example. Uh, you know, he was one of the first guys to talk about, uh yeah, chemicals and uh pharmaceuticals being dispersed in the water and feminizing uh, men because the uh sanitation departments can 't filter out those things right. and they just end up building up over the years um, he, and what we've what we've seen is uh through uh studies on fish that 's exactly what 's happened uh so these these things are you know that he brings up or just Kind of strange and out of the out of the norm, uh, but they resonate with people who go. Wait a minute, that doesn't sound real religious. And and this is one of the reasons why. You know, I just there was a time when I would talk about stuff, and I I talked to my wife, and you know, she's been my wife for you know 37, 38 years or something. Uh, so she'll listen to me because she has. To. She's got to put up with me. Uh, and, you know, I listen. My my daughter listens to me, but she thinks I'm crazy. So, so about 10 years ago, you know, I was able to, to talk about these kind of things with somebody like Steve Quayle, and I found out that, that we think uh, a lot alike. But uh, as to why Steve Quayle, you know, the Bible says that God is not a respecter of persons. So he doesn't care what we look like, what we sound like, how much money we have. Uh, how we comb our hair, the social circles that we, we, uh, we, we go in. He doesn't care where we live. He doesn't care, uh, about any of those things that we would think were important as people. He cares about our heart. He cares about, uh, whether or not we will serve him, whether or not we will do what he tells us to do. Now, one of the things about Steve Quayle, he's a quirky guy, <clears throat> I'm the first to say. So, but one of the things about Steve Quayle is that he is absolutely set on doing what God gave him to do, and 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 consistently do. Uh, because in that first meeting, God gave him a mission, and his whole life has been. And I say that. Let me let me let me backtrack. I don't mean mission like to go out. Uh, you know, Africa, whatever, Papua New Guinea, whatever. No, <laughs> no I meant he, he gave him he, Well, how can I say this? He gave him a, a mantle. He gave him a task uh, or tasks. Uh, and, and if I told you about it, you, 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 know, you probably wouldn't understand. He tells much better than I do. So uh, the point is that he has stuck to that all of these years. He is. He has been, he spent his money, his life, his efforts to do what God gave him to do, and consistently does it. So why Steve Quail? I don't know. But, you know, I always say this, right? Because who's Daniel Holdings? Daniel Holdings is—I always say that uh, I am just a donkey, right? <laughs> All I want to be is a donkey in God's kingdom. Now, for some of you that, that know your Bible, uh, there was a donkey— uh, there was a guy named Balaam and Balaam had a donkey and Balaam, uh, got told Balaam to do something and, uh, he didn't do it. Uh, and he started going the wrong way. And so, uh, the donkey stopped as he was, uh, carrying his stuff and Balaam started beating him. And then the donkey spoke up and he said, he said, uh, why are you beating me? I've always done what you wanted me to do. I don't know why Balaam didn't think it was strange that the donkey was talking to him. But the point is that uh, Balaam's, uh, the donkey's stopping and talking to him like that. Balaam turned around, there's a big old huge angel standing there, and he was going to whack Balaam unless he turned around and did what God wanted him to do. The point is that I always say that I just want to be a donkey. I, I just want to be Balaam's donkey. Some people have said that you know, I'm, I'm the backs of a donkey, but that's beside the point. <laughs> uh, Steve Quayle is one of these guys that said, whatever it takes, I, uh, you know, I'm going to do what God gave me to do. And uh, I appreciate that about him.
0: Steve, should we be, or Steve, <laughs> Dan, should we be scared or should we be optimistic that we are reaching what in the Bible ends up being a happy story, doesn't it?
1: It, it really does. Um so, uh, okay, so here's, here's a time in our discussion Well, I have to sound religious, if I will, because I'm going to tell you what the Bible says, right? The Bible says that you can have peace that surpasses all understanding. That means in, the war, in a world that's gone absolutely crazy, with the coronavirus, with earthquakes, with wars and rumors of wars, with uh, all this craziness going on in the streets, riots and Civil War and everything else that's coming collapsing economy you can be at perfect peace right but that peace is only a fortitude now you have to hear me audience because I'm not trying to say us against them that's not what this is about that peace is afforded to his people right I just told you that God is no respecter of persons you can be one of his people you can and it's as easy as asking him. It's not about going to church. It's not about even reading your Bible necessarily. That doesn't get you into heaven, but you want to know what's in there because it's him, right? It's his word. So uh, you have to be his, though, right? That doesn't mean that other people uh, won't be happy or they won't have glimpses of peace. But this peace that surpasses understanding is exclusive to his people. So the question that that we have to ask ourselves tonight: Are we His? And and it's not so much do we know Him, right? Because you always hear Christians say this: hey, "I know Jesus," right? It's not about that, because one day we're gonna everybody is gonna have to stand before Him, and I mean everybody. And the question is: Will He know us? Does He know us? Because there's a verse out of the Bible that says, "Depart from me, I never knew you." Right? And he says that a lot. So, being invested, now, this is the word, this is the word that you have to hear, right? Being invested in a relationship with Jesus is far different than being religious. It's far different than checking your box at church, right? getting on your Sunday best and go, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, I'm just saying that's not what you need to be in a relationship with him. Right. So, you 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 can be scared if you don't know him, right? Because the the at the end of the book, the end of the book is for his people. And there's, don't get me wrong, there's a hard road to hold even for his people between here and there, right? The difference is that in the midst of all the craziness and the junk, he can provide provision, right? He can lead you. He can do the miraculous in, in your life, and I've seen it as well. Uh, he can, he can deliver you out of, uh, uh, problems. And if you don't get delivered and you die, then you're okay too. So, if, if you don't know him, you, you do have a right to be scared, right? But you have an opportunity like anybody else, like I did. I was the furthest thing from a Christian at the time. Uh, uh, but but i had to fight my my desire to run the other way because it was so weird it's just weird right yeah, yeah. people calling each other brother or whatever right <laughs> i didn't know anything about that i wasn't raised in a christian home so yes it can be scary and th- but uh, to to go back to what i said at the very beginning of the show this is reality right not dealing with the reality of the life that we live in is is dangerous right? Not acknowledging coronavirus and going out without a mask or hanging out in a big group, that, that'll that get you sick, right? Because you didn't deal with the reality. The reality of the end of the age is that it's here and that there are things happening now, right? So we got to do those things to protect ourselves, like you would the coronavirus, uh, to, to, to mitigate that pain and discomfort along the way, and that's knowing the Lord.
0: Dan, we're almost out of time here. A couple things I meant to say earlier, and one of them, which I think is very important, thank you for your service. I know you're a veteran of the Air Force. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. Thank you for saying Really do appreciate that. Um, I also saw something that uh, I, I think you still have coming up. I don't know if it's been canceled because of this craziness that's going on, but the True Legends Conference, is that still happening, and are you still speaking there?
1: <laughs> well, um, yes and no, it is happening, but it's not happening like that... that that was going to happen in Brandon, Missouri and they were going to you know so they they've closed the halls and stuff in Missouri in Brandon yeah. so uh it's going to be a live streaming event now with the same speakers and people that uh that 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 um, sign up will actually get the DVD of it and they can live stream at the same thing so uh the the current plan is to get to a video studio and do your uh presentation there for people uh, at the video studio. So the question is, will they lock it down completely so that you can't even get out of town? I hear in New York they're talking about closing the roads.
0: Yeah, it's um, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. It's so surreal. Uh, I'm in upstate New York, and so far, and thankfully, we have not been hit hard. But they're talking about uh, we have a. Uh, I'm in Cooperstown. We've got a thousand person year-round population here. And of course, we have swells in the summer because of the Baseball Hall of Fame here. Um, but we have also a, a regional medical facility in Cooperstown, which, um, you know, is, is a medium-sized hospital, I guess. And they're talking about uh, shipping um, patients up from New York City to fill these hospitals in, up, in upstate. Um you know, which is a whole uh, concept unto itself. So I don't even know what to think about what's going on. But, man, you know, we we both hit the nail on the head when we said unprecedented earlier in the program. Because every day we're seeing something else that has uh, that That's we can correct. call unprecedented.
1: Maybe one day I'll write a book about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, ho- hopefully, it hopefully it has happy ending. <laughs> it would be a fiction book, right?
0: <laughs> hopefully <laughs> hope- is crazy. Hopefully it has a happy ending. That's what we're all praying for. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, listen, right. uh,
0: great conversation. Again, the book is called Midnight Strikes. It's available on your website. Website and you've offered very generously a coupon code. If you use uh, BRR all in caps on the website when you order, you'll save ten percent on the book. Do you have another project uh, on the works, or is this one um, uh, you're going to be working on this one and promoting it for a while?
1: Well, I'm actually prepping for the conference uh, as if it's still going to happen. Uh, I'm actually doing a couple people's presentations for them, so it's uh, it's it's all time consuming. I honestly, I'm, I'm on kind of uh, pause right now because I don't know uh, yeah. if, uh, with the economy the way it's going, yeah. if we'll even be able to publish in the next uh, few months. Anyway, so yeah. Yeah. everybody's in limbo.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Well, again, thank you for taking the time out for being and being here with us. Uh, it was very uh, informative, fascinating, and interesting. And I look forward to having you back again.
1: Well, J.B., I'd love to, and I appreciate you having me on. audience. Thank you so much for your patience and putting up with the guy with the sandwich. <laughs> Sign on.
0: Take care of yourself in this crazy world, Dan, and we'll talk to you again
1: soon. Thanks, J.B. Bye-bye.